Hey, have you guys ever heard of Patreon? I think I have. Yeah, I think it's like a royal guard. Uh, it's that maybe, but also it's a website where podcasters and other creators can get people to give them money <laughs> for making their product. You Go mean we on. can get paid for this? Eh, kind of. For a mere $3 a month, you, loyal listener, can feed or get drunk a starving podcaster. I feel like we need some like Sarah McLaughlin behind this kind of, <laughs> I will remember you. <laughs> I almost did with arms wide open. I was like, that's not the song. <laughs> that's how you pe- get people to not give you money. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. Patreon.com slash worst people. That's W-O-R-S-E. $3 a month. You get access to exclusive episodes. Find us, love us, support us. Thank you. Welcome back. This week we're discussing 1984's The Dungeon Master. I'm Derek. I'm Jack. And this is Bad Movies, Worst People. People. We reject your reality and substitute our own. I have been substituting realities for years, sir. <laughs> I, mean, I guess this guy's been doing it longer than I have, because is it 84? 84. Yeah, so he's been substituting your reality for his own for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I was two years old, so I was trying to grasp reality. Yeah, I was a uh, sperm, so I didn't know what reality was. It didn't exist for you yet. I don't know if I was a sperm. I don't know how sperm works. I was definitely partially an egg. Well, I know how sperm works. I just don't know the lifespan. That's what I meant. <laughs> All right, somebody get me a drawing board here. I'm going to need an Etch-A-Sketch. Welcome to Biology 101. I'm Derek. um, I'm wrong. I don't think you learned about how sperm's lifespans in Biology 101. (laughs) I feel like that's a college course. I feel like that's just something you can look up in a book. Like, there's not a course on sperm. Although I was in seventh grade and we watched that Miracle of Life thing where you see a human come out of a woman's vagina. Oh, man. I saw that in Dr. T and His Women. I don't know if you know that movie. No. With Richard Gere as a gynecologist. Oh, and I was thought maybe it was just Mr. T in a white coat. I wish. <laughs> I pitied the child. I pitied the gyna. Uh, but <laughs> I was working in a movie theater that it was out at, and I never watched it. But the very end of the movie, I went in to like, you know, get ready to clean up, and I see a woman just pushing a baby out of her vagina, and I was not ready for it. Dude, when we watched that, I'd heard of The Miracle of Life even when I, by the time I was in seventh grade because people had talked about having to watch it at school. Yeah. Uh, luckily, I went to a Catholic school, so... We- <laughs> well, and I went to you know normal public school, so we weren't doing anything actually educational either. But in seventh <laughs> grade, for one year, I went to like a smart advanced course thing because mm-hmm. they told me I was smart, but I couldn't do well there, so I had to go back to dumb classes to do well. <laughs> but... We watched that video, and I just remember watching it and just being horrified. And it's like, it's an older, it's probably from the 70s. Yeah. So it's just like these dreadlocked va- <sighs> vagina hair and like just blood and like chunks. And I was like, are they showing this to us so we don't have babies? Because it's working. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's tragic. I, I would hate to see the special effects on that. <laughs> that was also John Carl Wiegler. baby's getting born it's just got fucking uh what's it synth music behind it (laughs) i mean this movie's got a wild ass score yeah it's like it's like if john carpenter 
was like paid to make a, a, a score. Uh-huh. But like forgot until that morning. <laughs> uh, you have that ready to turn in, right? Uh, yes. He's Give in the back of minute. his like car service with like a keyboard. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, got it, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's very Carpenter esque. Yes, this movie from 1984. So I'm assuming the version we watched is rated R, or I guess it's probably unrated because it was like the unreleased pre-cut thing. But it would be the movie is rated PG-13 according to IMDb, but it's also 73 minutes. So they're talking about the U.S. cut. So let's get into that real quick. The DVD menu had three options to watch this movie. One was pre-release, where we got nudity. And yeah. all the dungeons in a proper order? In the order that they are in the credits, so I'm assuming the correct order. Okay. Yeah. And then right below that was a uh, mixed up order, zero nudity, so we and knew we were watching that. that's the European cut. That was the European There was something European about that cut. <laughs> and then and the U.S. The final, cut was the shortest. No nudity, mixed up sequences again, and I think they cut out most of Richard Mull's... Uh, cat torture speech which would be a shame yeah because we'll richard Mole is the by far the best part of this movie easily <laughs> easily and so we watched the nudity cut yes. just for you guys we watched the nipple cut uh-huh i mean it was really just that first kind of not opening scene but we get one nudity and the rest is just kind of i think it sexual was sexual position i feel like it's a thing that was put in because when charles band who made this movie was making it he's like you know what we forgot guys nipples tits all these Empire pictures have to have boobs in them, so uh, we're gonna do some reshoots. So let's get to that. Charles Band, who has been mentioned on the show before, because he directed Laser Blast, one of our very early episodes. He's like the king of schlock. Okay, the crown, the clown prince of, sh- of schlock, <laughs> because Roger Corman was the king of schlock. Yeah. So he had. Uh, Charles Band Productions, which then disbanded, mm-hmm. uh, and then he well, had... we'll need a moment for that. <laughs> and then he had Empire Pictures, which is this one, this company, and this is from a box set that Arrow Video released. That's just it's called Empire of Screams, and it's all Empire Picture what movies. A terrible Empire, yeah. Can't export screams. <laughs> and then I believe the next one he started was Full Moon Pictures or Full Moon Films or something. So they, he just, they're folding and he's popping them right back yeah, up. Yeah, basically. So Charles Band has done a lot of movies as a producer and a director. Ones that he directed include some future episodes, multiple future episodes here. Metal Storm, colon, The Destruction of Jared Sin. I'm excited for Metal Storm. Which has most of the same people as this movie, it appears. I'm less excited for Metal Storm. <laughs> In front of and behind the camera. Uh, Trancers, which had... Uh, Tim Thomerson as Jack Death, who was in Cherry 2000. Oh, thank God you said I was like, he's looking at me like I should know this person. Yeah, you won't remember. I remember these stupid things somehow. <laughs> um, Dr. Mordred, which is another movie I want to do that stars Jeffrey Combs, and it's kind of a knockoff Doctor Strange. Okay. Uh, the we, Ginger I think Dead we Man. Saw, I think we saw the knockoff Doctor Strange. It was called Doctor Strange. <laughs> Yeah, that was the the old Doctor Strange. You mean the past episode, uh, the Ginger Dead Man with Gary Busey? <laughs> okay, you had me at the title, and then you throw in this this Busey, and I am so fucking. <laughs> in. I have never seen it, but I'm pretty sure that Gary Busey is playing a CG gingerbread man that kills people. Oh, not my gooey gumdrop buttons! <laughs> Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. 
And he also did the Evil Bong movies. Okay, um, I've seen one of those. And and his studios are behind things that people would actually know outside of the things I just listed that no one knows except maybe Trancers, like <laughs> the Puppet Master movies, uh-huh. uh, Dolls, which is a big Stuart Gordon one, Reanimator, that kind of stuff. So they've put out good stuff. Yeah. Well, it says you. Yes. Puppet Master one might be. I'm good. not saying Puppet Master was oh, good. Okay. Dolls was good. Okay. Uh, I believe they did Reanimator, and Reanimator's good. I thought you were sitting here like ready to fucking defend Puppet Master. No, I watched it thinking the first one's got to be the good one. Uh huh. It's so boring. It's the best of them, and it's still boring. Like I thought, okay, I'll watch this. Maybe it's an episode. I was so fucking bored. I was like, there's no episode here. There's no dolls way. is the good version of Puppet Master. Okay. We could do dolls. Whitney might not want to be on that episode either. <laughs> Uh, just because it's well, gonna... she's terrified of small dolls, and it's because of that movie. Okay, because her yeah. sister showed her that movie when she was like seven or something. I think it's time for a little uh, what do you call it? Immersion therapy. That's what I say. We're just gonna watch it twenty four hours in a row. That movie's really good. It starts with a, a giant teddy bear. Like this girl has her little teddy bear, and then she has like a Zach Braff style like fantasy uh-huh. from Scrubs, where the teddy bear becomes giant and comes out of the woods and eats her shitty stepdad and her mom. At the end of the day. Sometimes it's best to have your stepdad eaten by a bear. <laughs> Just wrapping things up. But he's the... Charles Band is the producer of this. He was kind of the writer. He was kind of the director. So yeah. this movie has nine directors. Eight directors. Yeah, eight directors. One for the opening scene and one for each seven So there's dungeons. additional footage shot by a guy named Michael Carp. Additional segments. He's so doing I'm, air quotes you people can't see. Yeah. Additional segments, quote. Which so I'm thinking maybe he did the outside story, like the real world part of the thing. Okay. Because then Charles Band directed like the wraparound segments. So that would be the the section where Richard Mull is talking to our quote hero. Yeah. <laughs> so the the stuff that looks kind of cool with the cracked ground and the fire and the laser dragons. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. The mud flats are all dry. Yeah. And he also directed one of the other segments. And then the other six segments were directed by different people. Yeah. So there's at least eight directors involved here, which is always, always a recipe for success. <laughs> How many ships have eight captains? <laughs> Eight chefs in the kitchen. So like I mentioned, Michael Carp did some some of the additional directing. He doesn't really direct. He does visual effects for a lot of things. Uh, I saw like Tales from the Loop, which was a cool Amazon series. Okay. Uh, Cow- the Netflix Cowboy Bebop, uh, the 2023 Flash. Ooh, so he does a lot of visual effects, me. but not good ones. Yeah. But he's been doing it since the 80s. He had 200 and some like special effects credits. So I mean, he's still working. I just chose some that weren't were good and bad. Yeah, the flash. I thought Cowboy the... Bebop was fine. I thought I, it, I liked Cowboy Bebop. A I thought lot. it looked good. Mm-hmm. I thought it looked great. So it was acted really well. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. And I, everybody's like, "What's well, because you didn't watch the anime?" And I'm like, "I I did. It's I right there on Blu-ray." Did. Like, but it's, it's the same thing that happens when you have like a Marvel movie. It's like, well, that didn't happen in the comics. It's like, yeah. But why do I want a shot for shot remake where I'm just gonna know what's gonna happen? Hey, let's take this 10-episode series on Netflix, and we'll just squeeze in the 24 episodes or 25 episodes of Cowboy Bebop into those 10. People will be perfectly happy with that. I think it did some scenes like so well that matched up to the anime, and other ones, they just it's your interpretation of that IP. Plus, fucking Ayn is awesome in the the live-action one and the animated one. Absolutely. (laughs) I just wish we would have got a season two. Sorry, I know this is a digression, but I wish we were going to get a season two because Ayn was just left standing on that dock. Uh Uh-huh. We'll never find out. That's going to be like Fry's fucking dog in Futurama, and I'm going to cry all over again. Yeah. Like that ended, and I already knew it was canceled because it was canceled like the day it came out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? We're just going to leave Ayn on this dock, and the show is canceled? How dare He's you? He's the character I care about the most. Uh, so we are going to jump around a lot because this doesn't have 
a bunch going on. Yeah, so let's talk about the structure to talk about this movie, um, <laughs> not other things. And as you guys noticed, it's just me and Jack again. We'll try not to go two and a half hours. Um, Good luck. It should be easy. This movie's only 77 minutes, but yeah. hey, but we've been talking for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, we're already at 93 minutes. Um, we're not. Trouble. <laughs> but this movie is, so it started its life as an idea by Charles Band called Rage War. Well, Rage War is what it ended up being. It was like Dark Zone or oh, something. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was another. I and didn't... then it became Rage War, and it was basically supposed to be like a VR thing where this guy is in like a, a VR world and has to go through these different scenarios. And they took out the VR aspect. You see remnants of it. Not yeah. not the VR, but you see remnants of that uh, that script, that Well, it treatment. makes sense that it would be VR because... Everything is lasers, and mm -hmm. he's in all these different like realms. Like the realms thing, they kind of explain with Richard Mole being Satan esque, a Satan. <laughs> but like the lasers, I don't, I don't know why they're lasers. Wouldn't they just be bullets? What from him? Just in general, like in all the all the scenarios, everything that is being used as a laser. I'm like, wouldn't Satan not have lasers? Yeah, but you know, it's '84. They're flexing a little muscle. Yeah, they're they're trying to Star Wars it up. Like people love lasers. Yeah, I guess that's true. It was right after Jedi, right? Because that yeah. was 82, 81, 82. So was it seventy seven, eighty one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a different podcast coming soon. But there are uh, there are a lot of movies that did this. That like, I mean, look at fucking Moonraker. Yeah, from like all of a sudden Bond is shooting lasers in space. Yeah, so that's I think where they're going with this. It's honestly probably a little cheaper to do these lasers because this is like optical effects drawn on film kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's probably a little cheaper to do that than it is to use actual like blanks and squibs. Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah, you can just have somebody roll over instead of like have a put a squib on them. Like, yeah. yeah, I guess they got shot. They go, Owie. 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 That's what you say when you get shot with a laser, right? I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, so this movie starts. Did I talk about the whole structure? Yeah, basically, it's he's going through different scenarios that the devil's making him do to save his girlfriend. Yeah. So we have seven different movies inside of an eighth movie. I don't know. It's a movie sandwich. So it starts with a dream, which I guess might be the additional segment, I guess. That that well, no, doesn't directed. it start with him? It's no, he's daydreaming at work. Yeah, where he's yeah. in this concrete bunker of some sort, chasing around a sexy lady who is not his girlfriend. So mm -hmm. good thing he didn't tell her about this dream. She'd be mad. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's uh, from. she's from Ghostbusters, man. She's got that red flowy <laughs> dress. She looks exactly when he's chasing her. That's exactly, I think you said it when we were watching. Like, yeah. Are you the gatekeeper? Uh, no, I, I am the key master. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's flowing uh, Sigourney Weaver for sure. And he's chasing her through this like winding maze of tunnels and stuff. And they end up in this room. Well, first, she gets naked. Two minutes and 40 seconds into the movie. Full and, uh, frontal nudity. Bush makes an appearance. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Bob. We're back in the movie business. It's 84. Bush is here. Bush is here. <laughs> yeah, this, this is showing the times. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of Bush. A lot of Bush. It's like belly button to asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mohawk. <laughs> She's got some punk rocker in a fucking scissor lock down there. I pity the bush. <laughs> oh, I bet he does. <laughs> and she leads him into this room where there's this bed under a spotlight. And then there's like an ominous hatch in uh -huh. the back of the room, also in a spotlight. The most red glowing light coming through the fucking window. Yeah, red light, 
big metal hatchway. Like, this isn't where you want to bang this girl. This Something's going to come through that door. This is how you get to the fucking show Lost. It connects right to it. All of a sudden, you're fighting a is white polar bear. that where that clock bear. is that they had to reset every 24 yeah. hours or whatever happened on that show? It's just some fat guy fucking punching in numbers. Like, what, what did I walk into? I definitely didn't watch that show, but I know something about polar bears yeah. and a go, clock go underground. On. And uh, it, they went home and came back. You now and it was know all a dream. All you need to about the show Lost. Okay. Well, it was no, all a dream, right? It was all a death. No, death there's there's a, a spoilers for Lost. <laughs> maybe, maybe because I don't really know. But at one point, they do say they did die in the island, and whatever comes after that is purgatory. Okay, purgatory. But there's a lot of shit that wasn't explained. It's so a, it's like it's, Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, it's a Jacob's Ladder situation <laughs> halfway through. <laughs> So yeah, they, he starts trying to bang this chick in front of the lost door. And wouldn't you know it, fucking orcs. Yeah, oogie boogie monsters you come get, out. That's how you get orcs, dude. <laughs> you fuck in front of a red door. And they drag this girl away, and then he wakes up at work. Mm-hmm. And this guy, uh, Jeffrey Byron, playing Paul Bradford. Uh, we'll just call him Paul. Yeah, please. Because Jeffrey Byron is also not a name. No. I was looking at it, and I wasn't sure which name was his name, and which was like the actor character's <laughs> name. I was like, wait, shit, which... Uh, and this guy was also in Metal Storm, as well as a bunch of soap operas. Yeah, and not much else that I know. No, I, we watched a, an interview with him, and he's talking about his how his career just took off. And I'm like, bro, I know you from The Dungeon Master and Metal Storm. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> but I guess he's talking about uh, Port Charles. Is that what it was called? Yeah, Port Charles, which I'm assuming is a soap opera. It sounds like He it. was in like 80-some-odd episodes. That was the bulk of his career. Yeah. So uh, He kind of looks like... A mixture between Christopher Reeves, Christian Bale from American Psycho, and Peter Weller. Yeah, with none of their charms. No, or charisma. Yeah, he is just there. He does have some really short shorts. He does. So we'll get that. Uh, he's a computer genius who's working as an IT guy, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know. Because he has to like fix a computer, but at home he has a computer that can talk to him and make lasers. He's a troubleshooter. Oh, he also has Tony Stark glasses. Yes, he does. His computer, which is called X hyphen caliber eight the yes. number eight x calibrate x c a l and then b r eight yes and he calls it cal mm-hmm. and it has a lady's voice a real charmless one yeah and it talks to him through his glasses and he like hacks an atm to buy flowers he actually doesn't even hack it it just he uses his glasses to take money out of his account because then later Cal says you're you're overdrawn, like it's his money. So he's just, just take going, money from someone who has it. He's just going hands free. <laughs> yeah, start start stealing from rich people, man. I I, I think this flower girl is deaf, maybe because the way they like have their interaction, it's really weird. It is a strange fucking interaction. He looks at her and pulls out his wallet and opens it, and it's empty. Like a moth basically flies out. You know, of it. I didn't think about her being deaf. Like that would be a, that makes perfect fucking sense. Was, if so, I think. So there was a movie I watched recently. I think it was, oh fuck, what was it? It was a it was a Charlie Chaplin movie. So it was a silent uh-huh. film. And there's a flower girl that he like falls in love with who's deaf. And I think that might be why I just thought she was deaf because she doesn't oh, okay. speak. But also he like opens his wallet and she just like kind of gives him a dumb smile and he just like puts his finger up and walks away. She never speaks. So I just thought deaf flower. This girl interaction has zero words until Cal says something. Yeah. So when they do speak, it's like this. <laughs> He meets her when he's running home, which he does every day after work. In Times his, himself. In his shorts that are like in his ass crack. There's no way he's not showing balls when he's stepping up on a curb. Like, you see that guy's balls? Oh. Yeah, they were weird. 
Is that the guy with the old balls? And I love it because it's an 80s. It's a stupid 80s joke that's in a bunch of movies about jogging. Mm-hmm. And like how what was the Back to the Future three right running yeah. for fun? Oh, that's the number one. No, no, it's three. Was it three? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because in when the future, in the yeah, he's like in the future. What's going to happen with like? Well, uh, well, we still have horses. You know, he's like, no, we we'll have cars. Do people walk anywhere? Well, for recreation, <laughs> walking for recreation, no way. Yeah. Um, but and his buddy tells him like running is stupid. Well, and I'm I'm with his friend because yeah. he's like you should run with me after work, and he's like at the end of work I'm lucky if I don't collapse while I'm getting in my car. <laughs> I want to like, be yeah. taken home on a stretcher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get it. Sharks of the corn, virus shark, cocaine shark, sharktopus. Yeah. Those are all real movies. Join me, Steve Coates, as each week I take a comedic look at the bizarre world of shark exploitation cinema on Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. As you folks know, we like to have a beer or three while we podcast, and sometimes that leads to a not-so-pleasant morning after, unless we remember to hydrate, people. That's where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America, and it's now available in sugar-free with a proprietary zero-sugar solution that has no artificial sweeteners. I love using Liquid IV because it comes in convenient little packets you can take with you, makes me feel rejuvenated and hydrated, and best of all, it actually tastes good. Just one packet of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than just water alone, thanks to the eight vitamins and nutrients it has, and it has three times the electrolytes of those other sports drinks. We love Liquid IV so much that we're offering you, our loyal listeners, a steal of a deal. Get 20% off when you grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free, or any other variant at liquidiv.com and use the code WORSTPEOPLE at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WORSTPEOPLE at liquidiv.com. And then we see the girlfriend, uh, Gwen Wadgers? Gwen Gwen Matthew. Gwen (laughs) Wadgers. Marriage. (laughs) Gwen Rogers, played by Leslie Wing, which is go. why I said Wadges. There we go. Uh, who was in a whole lot of nothing. I, th- I thought I knew her, but I mean, we, we did find out that it's uh, Zac Efron's mom in High School the Musical. Yes. That's yeah. about the biggest thing on her repertoire. Yeah. Uh, which is not not good. Which is something we don't know. We yeah. just looked it up. I love Zac Efron these days, but I've never seen a High School Musical. Uh-uh. I like musicals. I like Zac Efron. I'm still I don't even like Zac Efron. I'm going to see that wrestling movie. I like him. He's done a lot of cool stuff as an adult. Because yeah. he, he, he went the Robert Pattinson route and was like, well, let's not like milk that bullshit that's going to ruin my career. Let's do like real movies. I want to try and act. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did like comedies like Neighbors, which was pretty cool. But he's done like some serious roles. There was one where he played Ted Bundy, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trying to glorify a stupid, sexy murderer. Yeah, I never saw that, but I was like, I didn't know. So I don't know a lot about serial killers. I'm not one of those podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we I didn't, aren't working on that podcast. <laughs> I didn't know that he was like Ted Bundy was like a, a sexy serial killer. Mm-hmm. Was it Ted Bundy? Yeah. Is that the right one? Okay. Um, and I saw that trailer for that and I was like, oh, Zach Efron's not Ted Bundy. Zac Efron's beautiful. And Whitney was like, no, he was gorgeous. That's how he got away with it for so long. And I was like, was he? 
Huh. You see, like, well, I'd get in that car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'd ride in his Volkswagen. <laughs> Have sex with a really uncomfortable place. <laughs> like the back of a Volkswagen? Yeah, exactly. Um, so she's mad at him. Leslie, or uh, Gwen, is mad at Paul because Paul wants to fuck his computer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, so he he proposes to her. And she's kind of excited. She's intrigued by the idea. Yeah. And he says, well, I ran, I asked Cal to run the numbers and we're a great match. And that's when she's like, oh God, yeah. leave your fucking computer out of this you relationship. You can't even propose to me without saying Cal. Like, come on. I thought for sure that Hal, sorry, Cal was going <laughs> to be the bad guy of this movie. I thought for yeah. sure that it was going to be like a zap into VR and I'm going to get you away from your, I even thought at the very end, her eyes were going to flash green or whatever because it is Cal uh, in her body. Maybe that was the VR story. Mm-hmm. And Cal maybe I'm was, picking up a little bit of that. Yeah, and he picked, like, Cal sucks him into the VR simulation. and like. Oh, boy, I've been waiting to be sucked in by Cal for years. <laughs> Finally, our moment. I just want to know, I know Cal is short for Excalibrate, but what name, what female name is Cal short for? I got it. <clears throat> California. <laughs> Callie? I don't know. Calypso? Yeah, Colander? Yeah. Colander. Who would name their kid Colander? <laughs> <laughs> I want to name a daughter Chlamydia. <laughs> Calmidia. What, what was that? Oh, uh, it was waiting. Calamari. <laughs> That's it's short for Calimari. But like, ooh, Calima. So, Go on. Oh, man, I'd date a girl named Calima. Yeah, you would. <laughs> She'll rip your heart out. <laughs> uh, I was prepared for this. <laughs> yeah, I knew going into I this. Knew, I, I saw her name and I thought, well... She's gonna break my heart. I just didn't realize she's gonna show it to me. But at least at some time I'll get to, at some point I'll eat monkey brains. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. <laughs> be a screaming blonde the whole time. So she tells him like, "Fuck this, let's go to bed." Because at least I know I have all your attention there. And, and I'm I, like, unless he has a like a monitor on the wall where he's watching porn <laughs> while you're doing well, it. Well, he does put the glasses on the nightstand, looking at them in bed. Well, Cal likes to watch. Exactly. Like, he's still not leaving Cal out of this. He's like, shh, stay in the corner and smoke your cigarette in the dark and watch me fuck her. <laughs> so Cal is like Paul Walker at the end of Tammy and the T-Rex. He can yeah. just watch. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Where's whiskey. my whiskey? I need whiskey on my brain. <laughs> still want to try that. So he has he goes to sleep and he has a dream about being a warrior that wears cloth armor. I'm telling you, this is an alternate skin for one of the Mortal Kombat ninjas. Like yeah, smoke it's, yeah, or he's smoke without the mask. Yeah, <laughs> it's quilted armor. It's like your fucking grandma wanted to give it to you before you went out on a quest. He's like creeping through these woods and you just hear a voice that's like. Toasty. <laughs> well, now you're going on an adventure. I don't want you to go without any armor, so I made you some. It's a level one, but it's cute as a dickens. It's not going to stop anything. But it doesn't fuck up your uh, agility, so. <laughs> you're very sneaky. I need you to come back, my sweet boy. <laughs> and he gets teleported away to a fiery realm of oh. a Eastern California desert. Yeah. <laughs> With, like, the cracked, like... This is Desert my ground favorite kind of. set in the movie. Yeah, so they have all the cracks in the dirt with like fire shooting out of it. Mm -hmm. And Gwen is tied up to a rock that keeps moving because <laughs> it's made of foam. <laughs> yeah. Anytime she wiggles, the rock goes with her. It's like, oh, come on, you got to hold still. And I love it because at first, before she gets changed into her like fantasy outfit, 
she's wearing what she was wearing to bed, which is like her panties, and then a t-shirt that just says physical attraction. <laughs> <laughs> subtle, guys. Real like, fucking like, in subtle. In case you guys didn't know, you're supposed to think she's hot, all right? <laughs> you find her hot yet? Read her shirt. That'll do it for you. <laughs> and then uh, Mastima appears, who is played by Richard Mull, previous episode Sidekicks. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, rest in rest in pictures. Rest in pictures. Pretty recently, yes. yeah, it was earlier this or late last year, late 2023. Yeah. yeah, I think it was right around the time we recorded Sidekicks because mm-hmm. I was like, I think we're killing people. Yeah, we. I'm not convinced <laughs> we're not. Uh, and you said it earlier. This motherfucker is the bright shining light of this movie. Oh, he's he's, he's acting his ass off, and he's over the top, and he's uh-huh. cheesy, and he's chewing up the little scenery that's in his scenes. But I'd rather you be over the top in this type of movie than asleep at the wheel. Exactly. It's perfect for this movie. Yeah. Like, if this was supposed to be a more serious, like, Lord of the Rings-style fantasy drama, it would not be good. For sure. Although, I, I think Sauron, would... Christopher Lee was kind of doing the same thing. And so. I think he knows what movie he's in right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's like, well, here I am. Well, and he's he's been in other movies with these people because he was also in Metal Storm. Mm-hmm. So, which this the main actor was in and Charles Band directed and yeah. the guy who is credited as writing this movie, although they it's were all written by a bunch of people, he wrote Metal Storm also. You so know like, what? He's the one that submitted the cyber VR script and he still has to get paid. So they're <laughs> like, cool. We didn't use your treatment, but you're getting money, honey. Yeah, since we didn't use the VR, you get 25%. Yeah. So here's $25. (laughs) 25% of zero is still zero. (laughs) But Richard Mull was in Sidekicks. He was in Night Court, of course, which I'm sure we mentioned on Sidekicks. Of course. Playing Bull, who I just found out today was also named Nostradamus Shannon. That's news to me. It said said on his IMDb credit, Nostradamus, quote, Bull Shannon. (laughs) I was like... That is fucking great. Yes, it is. I kind of want to get to an episode of that to find where it is. I need to see them all have the revelation of his name. I feel like it's one of those things where at some point someone will say, like, Mr. Shannon or something. Uh And then, like, in a season seven episode or whatever, they're like, they find out his name is Nostradamus. And they're like, excuse me? Yeah, that's what I want to get to. (laughs) Whitney's been watching the new Night Court for Peacock. Yeah. There were some entertaining moments. I was editing, so like when I was like waiting for things to process, I would take out my headphones and look. Uh, the only person I think who's still in it is Lorquette. Uh, uh, yeah, Dan Lorquette. John. John. Unless you know him better than I do. I don't. Okay, good. I'd be very upset. Who if am I you thinking knew. of? Dan. Dan Arquette. Arquette. Yeah. Yeah. I right. got you. I'm pretty sure she did that the other day, and I corrected her, uh-huh. and now I did it. It's a disease. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he was also in Jingle All the Way as Dementor. Oh. oh. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I I, re- I didn't remember that until I saw it in his credits, and then I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Richard Mull, great. Fantastic. Great. And he's she comments in this movie that he's a giant. This mm-hmm. dude is fucking huge. I yeah. mean, we, I think we said it in Sidekicks, too, but this guy's at least six six foot nine. So, like, yeah, <laughs> the the fucking the main guy, when he, we watched the behind the scenes, said he was about six eight, six nine. So, I mean, and you've made the joke that he's three feet taller than tall people. Yeah, like, exactly. Maybe these people are just super short, but when he puts his hand on this girl, the, the lady, uh, Gwen, to like pretend to molest her, it's taking up 
I mean, everything on her body. Yeah, his it is hand covering is her the body. size of her upper torso. Yes. <laughs> it's insane. And he's also fondling her in a weird way. I feel like he, the, the actor wanted to give some respect. So he's feeling up her chest with his backhand. Yeah. <laughs> where, all the, where all the prosthetics are. So yeah, it's just yeah. latex. Like, I just, he's like, I feel bad. I can't do this. Yeah. Richard Mall's a good guy. It's a gentleman maneuver. Yeah. I just want to, like, Richard Mall and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar standing next to each other. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> still looking up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how tall he was, but <laughs> uh, probably taller. Okay, yeah. was, I know he was really fucking tall. Yeah. He's the tallest basketball player I can name. Uh, Sean Bradley. Uh, what's that one guy? Miao Ying. Yes, Yao, Yao Ming. Yao Ming. Yeah, that's who it is. That's <laughs> that one guy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, who would Derek know from sports? Yeah, Yao Ming, and then uh, the other tall guy that goes ah ah ah. Dikembe Mutombo. Yeah, which I'm mad. At, I'm mad at myself right now that I didn't know his name because the other day at work somebody said something and I was like, oh, like Dikembe Mutombo, and everybody looked at me like, excuse the, the bar fuck dropped out of you. fucking silent. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Geico commercials. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the, the that's the part you don't tell people. Like, you know Dukimi Matumbo? Yeah, from Geico. What did you just fucking say? He also lived in that apartment in Laughing Dead, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, uh. I don't know why he does the fucking Nedry. Uh, uh, uh. uh, uh. You didn't use the magic basket. <laughs> But this is one of the parts where I really noticed that Richard Mole was going to be chewing this thing up because he's he's giving his little speech about how he needs to challenge uh, Peter or what the fuck's this guy Paul Paul one of the disciples yeah. and, <laughs> and he like grabs he makes this sword materialize and he just screams he's like by the power of the Prince of Darkness for a moment I thought we were getting a better He Man movie here yeah I was like wow <laughs> I never knew I, I didn't I didn't know he needed to be Skeletor but he does <laughs> and then he he like knights this guy in the name of Excalibrate but not with an eight uh-huh. you know, it's the word Excalibrate which also yeah. is a word. It's, it's, it's all nonsense. And the computer, so he gives him his little computer on his wrist now. He's got his uh, power glove. Yeah, basically. The power glove, with a, it is, because he's got the buttons uh-huh. and boops. And uh, and the computer tells him, Mastima equals Beelzebub, Belial, Satan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't think they were going to throw the Satan there. thought they were going to kind of skirt around it like he's a devil. But no, no, he's the devil. Yeah. Unless you read uh, The Sandman, in which case Beelzebub, Belial, Lucifer are all different lords of hell. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a different nerd. That's We could talk about that in loving respect. <laughs> uh, so he has seven challenges he has to pass, and if he fails a single challenge, uh, Mastima will take their souls. Both of them. Yep. Like, she didn't get to agree to this. Yeah, and I was thinking, I'm like, seven challenges and you can only fail one? That's, or you can't even fail one? That's That's a lot. Yeah. Like five, maybe. Seven, you can fail one. I, dude, I would just like, hey, let's cut to it. One challenge, whoever pulls the high card. Which is kind of how this movie ends anyway. Yeah. So, Wait, so yeah. you do a high card? No, 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 the one <laughs> challenge. I'm not high. Uh, one challenge for my freedom, pick a number between one and ten. Oh, sorry, it was six. He, they show his hands behind his back <laughs> holding up seven, and the guy says seven, and he puts down oh, one finger. Oh, six. Look, I couldn't have changed it. <laughs> I got the devil. So we cut to the first segment. Now, these segments, most of them are barely anything. Yeah, absolutely. They're directed by different directors, and most of them are also written by said director. Multiple times, one of us, if not both of us, came out of the scene going, what? 
Yeah, like how did the, what what's the end what, of that? So the so the scenarios are supposed to show that he's able to solve whatever it needs to be solved by way of his intelligence and his finger quote magic, which but every is single Cal. one pretty much just ends with a him blasting something a, with a laser. A blasting bolt. Like <laughs> except for the, like all right, so the first one is they get into the super snowy area. Yeah, it's titled Ice Gallery. Uh-huh. It was directed by a woman, which is something for 1984. It is a lot, actually. <laughs> uh, named Rosemary Turco. I can only see that she directed one other movie. Look, like she did a bunch of other work. But as far as directing, she directed one other movie called Scarred the year before this, which is about like a 16-year-old prostitute. Okay. So, I don't know. Sounds not interesting. I haven't seen it, but it looked like a drama. Yeah. Like, I watched a series of movies recently called Angel. There's Angel, Avenging Angel, and Angel 3, the final chapter. What is your life? And then there's another one called Angel 4, so Angel 3 was not the final chapter, but we ignore that one. What is what is happening just, right now? Just humor me, okay? <laughs> so it starts with, in the first one, she is a 15-year-old girl who's a prostitute. Uh-huh. But it's actually an interesting movie because it's some schlocky, like, murder mystery BS kind of thing. Uh-huh. This just looks like a sad drama that is going to make me feel bad for teenage prostitutes. Yeah. No, I don't no. need that in my life. I'm not watching movies to feel that bad. <laughs> it's like watching that Sound of Freedom movie that came out last year about like, child no. trafficking. People are like, oh, but it's so it's so moving. It's so depressing. It's so, And I'm like, none of this sounds like things I want to watch. Also, turn the news on. <laughs> you, want, you want sad and depressing? <laughs> Look out your fucking windows. <laughs> it's 2024. Pay attention to the election coming up. I'm, I'm sure trying you'll to be depressed. Yeah, I'm using movies to escape these realities, not have them shoved down my throat. <laughs> I reject a reality, and I substitute it with ducktails. <laughs> woo! That's a good substitution. That's a, I think I'm winning, <laughs> and that's why Angel was fun because it's about a sad teenage prostitute whose parents abandoned her, but she's also surrounded by a colorful cast of characters who also work Hollywood Boulevard <laughs> or Sunset Boulevard, like a riot, like a knockoff Sam Elliott. There's yeah. like a mime. There's like a Charlie Chaplin guy who plays with yo-yos. So two non-speaking people. <laughs> well, he was dressed like Charlie Chaplin, but he was he talking. Talks. It sounds like Hitler, dude. That's the Great Dictator, which also Charlie Chaplin did. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You're going to watch Angel. Do you think we'll that's how Hitler escaped? He just put a hat on and didn't say anything. Everyone's like, "There goes Chaplin." <laughs> well, there goes the Great Dictator. <laughs> Loved you in the Great Dictator. <laughs> so yeah, Rosemary Turgo. So yeah, it's a frozen ice cave. With filled serial with, killers. Like, yeah, they look like it's like Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, uh-huh. which is kind of what I know. We got Paul Jack says. the Ripper. We got uh, Louis the the whichever one Louis was the headless. 16th. Uh, um, there's like a Wolfman. Look like John the Baptist's head on a plate being carried in by that lady. And there's a Bloody Mary, and which then, might be the lady. And then there's a samurai, and like some then there kind is of... most importantly Albert Einstein. Yes, and Paul says it's all of history's biggest killers or biggest villains. villains. And I'm like. Yeah, you know, like Albert Einstein, the villain. The worst person on Earth? Look, Einstein might have been partially responsible for the nuclear bomb, but Oppenheimer is the one who made it. So Einstein shouldn't be in this ice cave. No, Oppenheimer Oppenheimer, But he's not as recognizable back then. That's true. Maybe now that Cillian Murphy's Yeah, I was going to say, uh, (laughs) Cillian Murphy was too young. Yeah. I'm going to say Cillian, you can say Cillian. I've been corrected every way I say it, so from now on I'm just going to go with Mr. Murphy. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying Killian Because people tell me it's Cillian And I'm like, well, that's silly That is silly <laughs> That's Cillian I'm going to Killian myself <laughs> But uh, basically the ice cave starts freezing Gwen And so Paul runs in circles <laughs> And, and then, then Mastima uh, Turns the heat on For yeah. her 
it it goes it goes Batman and Robin here. The, mo- no the room sense. goes from blue to red. <laughs> well, the idea is she's freezing, and he's like, "Oh, do you want me to turn the heat on and let you out?" But yeah. that lets everybody else out too. But except then, Einstein. how to get out of here is they take the fucking ice crystal from Einstein, throw it, and it refreezes everybody. We're back to square one. Yeah, Nothing that's was all it is. That's literally the whole segment, which is probably three or four minutes, and then zap, they're out. Although I do have to mention, while he's fighting, before he figures out the ice crystal thing, he like picks up a a, a piece of ice and hits Jack the Ripper with it, yeah. and another guy he shoves, and both of them are barely hit, and they just collapse like. Bah! Yeah. Well, they've been frozen. It's cold. They haven't warmed up and stretched at all. And this Jack the Ripper dude, when he fall when he fell down, I was like. Was that Pete Davidson? It was definitely Pete Davidson's mouth. It looked exactly like, and I just watched a movie the other day called Bodies, Bodies, Bodies from uh-huh. a couple of years ago, which was mildly entertaining. I'm not sure if it was an episode. I might need to watch it again to decide. But <laughs> a third time to do the episode. <laughs> Pete Davidson is in that movie, and at the very end of the movie, you realize he's probably the funniest character of the movie, Yeah, which Pete Davidson is not that funny to me. Outside of SNL, on SNL, I was going to say he's got some SNL skits that I absolutely love. Outside of that, he hasn't broken through to me. Yeah, but anyway, this guy kind of looks like him. But oh, I do. When she starts freezing, it is funny because Paul's like, "Look, just keep cool." And even like that's already a fucking awful pun. And he's like, (laughs) "Keep cool." (laughs) Batman Robin hasn't even come out yet. (laughs) Head them off at the pass. I hate that cliche. Ice to see you. <laughs> All right, everybody, chill. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he blows up the bad guys and then refreezes them or something. Something like that, yeah. And then goes back to the desert segment. Richard Mull does some, eats a little bit more. These are the best parts of the movie. Every time, every transition between scenarios where we get we get Richard Mull yeah. is the best part of the movie. And there's not much to talk about in them, though, because it's all dialogue. Uh-huh. So there's not much to like. But he's like, I love his fucking voice here. And you did say he had some voice acting uh, uh, roles, most notably Two-Face on Batman Animated Series. Yeah. But I would like to. I, I almost wanted to hear more after listening to this part. I'm you sure know, he had doing more a than fucking that narration too. would be fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, you are correct. We can't say much because it's like I don't remember the the demon names that he kept yeah, saying. Yeah, there over was a couple over, things and... I jotted down throughout the movie that were like key lines that were pretty good. But uh-huh. like, it's mostly just them talking shit to each other, and then he zip zaps Paul to the next. Scenario. And Gwen keeps telling like Paul, come, don't fucking poke the bear. Yeah, quit trying to piss off the he devil. Is, dude, he is <laughs> clapping back at the devil. <laughs> is that all you got? Because I ran through that one pretty quick, mister. Oh, that was a challenge, you fucking pussy. <laughs> <laughs> you're only you're only making me do this because you're lonely, you piece of shit. That's his big thing. He's saying you're lonely and you're bored. You're bored. Yeah. yeah. I was like, man, I didn't know you could turn into the devil for being lonely and bored. It turns I'm out I'm saying. <laughs> I'm married. I would but, never you know, torture a cat. Everybody knows being married is pretty lonely. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whitney's not on this episode. She's going to listen and be like, excuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. Future Derek's getting elbowed right now, and you don't even know why. Yep. Um, <laughs> so then he gets teleported to the next scenario, which is titled Demons of the Dead, directed by, welcome back to the show, and rest in pictures, John Carl Beekler. Beekler. Who we've been corrected about. Yeah. Uh, who directed previous episode, Friday the 13th, part seven, colon, I don't remember, The New Blood. Oh, it's so stupid. There we go. The it's Jason, Jason versus, versus Carrie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, we spent too much time together. Uh, he also directed uh, Troll. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, boy. And Cellar Dweller, which is a future episode, also part of this box set. So I was going to ask you while we were watching if he did Troll, but I forgot because 
I was racking my brain. I was like, this, what's this character's name? Rat Spit? Rat Spit, yeah. Rat Spit, and the way it moved was very reminiscent of a scene I had in my head, and I couldn't figure out what it was. It was Trolls. At one point, there's like a basement sing-along with all these weird puppets. Sorry, Troll. Not Trolls. Troll. Troll. Trolls is Not, that shitty oh, yeah. CG fucking movie where they're like let's take a thing from the 80s that these kids don't know and make a movie out of I it. I did not watch Trolls. I will I not. definitely watch Troll. I watch I do I watch a lot of stupid things for this podcast yeah. and some of them are things I don't want to watch. Most of them I'm like, well this is bad but I like it so mm-hmm. let's watch it. Not going to watch Trolls. No. Any of them. Won't do it. World Tour, Band Together, whatever Won't do it. Called. Don't email about it. Don't call about it. <laughs> don't fucking write your state senators about it. You can't make it happen. But he did he's a special effects guy which we mentioned in our Friday the 13th episode. And he did effects for some other movies that we might do on here. He did the effects for Dolls, which mm-hmm. I mentioned. Uh, a movie called Hard Rock Zombies, which Ooh. is very entertaining. Intriguing. I have, it, I have it over there from Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Halloween 4, a movie called Red Rock West, which has Nicolas Cage, De- uh, Dennis Hopper, and... Oh, Laura Flynn Boyle. That's a fucking cast. And it was it takes place in Wyoming, but it was filmed in Wilcox, Arizona. Absolutely. So, future episode probably. I've watched it. It wasn't that bad, but it's got plenty. It's got Nicolas Cage and Dennis Hopper. You so. had me at Nicolas Cage, by the way. You always will. Yeah, and I've got it coming on on Blu-ray from a company called Cinematic or a, la- a label called Cinematograph, which is a sub label of Vinegar Syndrome. <laughs> and I also already own it on Blu ray from Umbrella. So you are just deep throating them hard. Dude, I can't, I, can't, <laughs> I can't help myself. It's a good the, company. I, I bought the Umbrella one and then I saw Cinematograph announce it and I was like, what the fuck, man? I, if you guys would have announced it ahead of time and not the day you released it, I wouldn't have bought that other one. And then they're like, it's a brand new scan where we did the full restoration. Da, 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 and I'm like, all right. I'll take both. I'll buy it then. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. But anyway, this section, this segment includes zombies. Yep. And demons of the dead or whatever it was. Yeah, demons of the dead. So he's in a cave, as he is in most of these segments. A lot of cave work here. A yeah. lot of red lighting, a lot of fog. The fog machine is getting overtime. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think most of the budget probably went to fog machine. Yeah. Fog machine and special effects, like yep. makeup effects. Hopefully, Mole got a big chunk of that check, but I don't think he did. Now, this was during Night Court, maybe? No. No? 84, no. 84, Cheers only two years in. When was Night Court? I always thought that was 80s. It's in the 80s, but it's not 84. I would have to, if I have to guess, and I kind of do, I would say 88. Okay. Because I've always had a theory that Harry the Hat, who is a reoccurring character on Cheers, left Boston and became, like, forged his way into becoming. Harry the lawyer, because the same actor. Oh, okay. So it's not the guy. I was gonna say, is Harry the Hat the the con artist? But he's not. He guy. is a con artist. He's the con artist he's, from Cheers. Yeah, he's a con artist from Cheers. The one that like shows up like it's the first season I know, and then he continues. Yeah, he's got the he's fedora. Like, Harry yeah, the Hat. Okay, so that's the guy. I was yeah, he's right. he's. I'm the, Harry. What's the real actor's name? I'm blanking oh, I don't on know. it. I just know I I've only really got through the first season twice. Because I keep trying to watch it, and I get almost through the first season, and then I stop, and then eight months later, I'm like, well, I guess i got to start over. You're talking about Cheers, Cheers right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I'd... It's the best thing ever. Um, no, but... I was talking about Night Court. I was hoping you were talking about Night Court. No, I never watched Night Court. I mean, I've seen Night Court on- Oh, like... man, i got to eat my words. Night Court was 1984. Oh, okay. So, And Harry Anderson was who I was thinking of. Okay. And you know what's funny? 
I was going to say, oh, so he shot this before Night Court. He might not have. 1984, this movie was probably shot and released within months. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, the shooting I mean, schedule's days. The, yeah, the 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 star, uh, whatever, Byron, mm-hmm. he, Jeff Jeffrey Byron? It sounds right. It sounds right. Paul? He mentioned in the interview we watched that they wrapped Metal Storm on Friday night at like 5 p.m. And on Saturday morning at 6 a.m. they started shooting Dungeon Master. So. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you there's a lot of the same sets. But so these zombies come in and they start trying to attack him and he takes them out and He's then he got walks a into another out room. Of nowhere. Yeah. You know, it's got to be fair. The yeah. devil's fair. Does it have to be fair? <laughs> I don't know. You've, you've heard the song Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> he was looking for a soul to steal. Yeah. By the way, the devil wins that that song in my mind. Oh, by far. The devil's beat was fat. And if you ever heard the Primus version of that song, the devil definitely won that fucking <laughs> battle. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, if you haven't heard it, I recommend checking it out. Go to YouTube, look for the video. It's a whole claymation video. Of course there it's is. It's fucking phenomenal. I'll do that on my way home. Not, um, not on my way home, after I'm home. <laughs> Wink. I don't watch videos while I drive. <laughs> uh, and then he walks into the room and meets Ratspit, who we mentioned, this little... Creepy rat puppet with like a slanted mouth that doesn't quite move right, it's, but it makes for a very entertaining and kind of menacing little villain. Yeah. Although Rat Spit is not an intimidating name. Uh uh-uh. uh. And he, he messed it up on purpose. We, we called him like Spit Rat. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. The, the flappy mouth is not going to match up with any dialogue. The thing doesn't articulate at all. No. And you can literally see a hand in this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but cool design. Yeah. Um, and Rat Spit, the caretaker of the dead, by the way, mm-hmm. which needs a spinoff. Like I need a solo movie of Rat Spit, like what he does after he's going home. Yeah, <laughs> just just his daily routine. He wakes up. He makes one of those milkshakes from uh, Stone Cold. Oh God! <laughs> oh God! Snickers bars, eggshells, egg white, egg yolk, orange juice. Is that the same milkshake from uh, Shakedown? No, his had coffee. Okay. And that one's similar to the fucking shake that he does from in Men at Work. work. Just has, <laughs> theirs has Jaeger. We got to make these. No. At least the one with Jaeger. <laughs> Can I replace the Jaeger with literally anything? Yeah. Uh, yeah I'll, Malort. I'll, I'll allow it. Nope, I won't allow it. It'll be better. No, it won't. It will. It won't. It won't. All right, that's it. We're having a shake off. <laughs> Not like that. Shake off. It's a shake off. It's a shake off, guys. <laughs> So he tries to shoot him with lasers, or try, the Cal spit summons zombies. Cal tells him what to do pretty much every time. Like he'll punch beep bloop bloop, and all of a sudden, whatever the plot needs, Cal will tell him like, "Oh, do this, or you have a eighty percent chance of this." And might I suggest summoning lasers? It's like a golf caddy for combat. <laughs> I suggest the number three laser. Uh, it's sli- it's slightly insulting left. No, that's just because you don't have a shoe on. But yeah, so he tries to shoot the zombies with lasers. It doesn't work. So then he shoots Rat Spit's staff uh-huh. with a laser, and that makes the zombies disappear. He doesn't get out, though. and He's like, what the fuck, bruh? And Rat Spit summons Zombie Paul. Which has been killed by... Uh, uh, Stima, Richard Mole. Myself, Estima. Uh, Richard Mole, yeah. Uh, and he, he's like, this is... This is you. This is what's going to happen when he kills you. And he kind of doesn't flinch on it, you know, stares it down. He's like, how can you not be scared? And he's like, that's not that's not real. He's like, no, this is a reality. He's like, well, I reject your reality and replace it with my own. Yeah. And he just stares down this zombie who then just disappears. And yeah. then he wins. Like he's the first. He's a fucking motivational poster. <laughs> he's a hang kitty. in there. Yeah, I was gonna say he's a kitty cat. We got it. I got to stop the podcast. <laughs> we're we're done hanging out, man. We can finish each other's sandwiches. 
yeah so then he gets back to the the cool realm we'll call it the cool realm <laughs> cool realm <laughs> um and gwen is there and she has this line where she's like look this isn't real i'm just having a very bad dream and you just happen to be in it <laughs> if only woman <laughs> and then there's like i thought we were gonna get a cool like very cheap version of like the scott pilgrim battle where it's scott pilgrim or the uh the Sex Bob-Oms versus the two DJs. Uh-huh. You know, where they summon up, the DJs have the d- double-headed dragon, and Sex bob has the Yeti, and okay. they kind of fight. Yeah. Because Richard Mole summons up this laser dragon thing, and then Paul summons his own out of his beep boop. Uh-huh. But then they just kind of look at each other. It's, yeah, it's, I started reminiscing a little bit about Big Trouble in Little China, but yeah. they do it much fucking better there. Yeah, this, these is, a, things this don't, is a stare down. These things just wiggle and stare at each other, and then Richard Mole laughs and makes them disappear. They had no animation budget. Just like, yeah. put it up there and have it wiggle. It looks cool. I mean, I, Which I, is the name it looks sex stupid. Tape. I mean, anybody, a younger person watching this would be like, that looks fucking dumb. I like these effects, like the drawn on, like mm-hmm. rotoscope. I'm very, I'm very fine with it. I appreciate it. I just for, wish they did something. Yeah. I appreciate it for 84. I always will. And uh, Richard Mole transitions us into the next segment by asking Paul, do you fancy music? <laughs> and he plays his own quote unquote com- composition, which is just like, it, yeah, it's like a brown note. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a high school band warming up. They haven't quite found it yet. It's just like, <laughs> and Richard or uh, Paul is like, I've got something better. Bleep, bleep, bleep. And then it starts playing some canned foreigner knockoff fart rock like it's foreigner knockoff it must be this band that comes up here but it sounds like a shitty like no budget version of like well this is supposed to be foreigner or survivor or whatever but it's just like Uh like whatever and richard mole is like you like that kind of shit well, then you can have that kind of shit forever and then comes in the real band wasp or wasps wasp w Period A period S period P period. And this I don't is, know what it stands for, but I'm gonna guess it's not white Anglo Saxon Protestant. We always <laughs> suck penis. Okay, there you go. We actually sold people. We always slap people. <laughs> <laughs> we actually sold people. I think is better uh, because he goes to this. It's, the segment is called Heavy Metal. It's directed by Charles Band, and it's this Wasp concert. And this guy is singing filmed this at Whiskey a Go Go. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. That's I got that while you were uh, doing the inside stuff here. I was the behind the scenes guy. Okay. Whiskey Go Go, very famous place. Yeah. I mean, that's what he's, he's like, this is my favorite scene because of where we were. Okay. Yeah, because I mean that's where like every band got started. There's some fucking history <laughs> to Whiskey. A I mean, Go-Go. all the way back to the Doors and all the way up through all the '80s metal and even Louis, into the dude. '90s. The yeah. the like. I don't know if it was them, but like the era of like Tool and Primus and like those, all the underground bands that ended up becoming huge mm-hmm. pretty much played at Whiskey A Go Go. Which I don't think exists anymore. I don't think so. I, I think it I got leveled it up. But either way. But yeah, they're singing this song Tormentor, which is very on the nose. So Gwen is tied up as she's been this whole movie, but now she's wearing like ripped spandex because mm-hmm. it's like an 80s hair metal. This thing. is my favorite outfit. <laughs> I don't know. I like the one in the panties, but um, I, I get it. <laughs> You're more on the nose. You like physical attraction. <laughs> but yeah, the song, I didn't write down the lyrics, but it's something along the lines of I'm the one who whips the flesh. I'll slap your women and some. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then he ends it. With, you will be. 
be molested. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's molested as in like, you know, attacked kind of. I don't think so, because then he walks over with a fucking knife, like almost like a a kukri. I was going to say a scimitar, but it's not quite. Yeah, it's actually more machete. Yeah. (laughs) And he's, you know, pretending he's going to like slice her up with it and stuff. And he's being very sexually suggestive. Yeah. We just never get that far. The singer of Wasp, by the way, this is the actual band Wasp, who somebody out here might know. Somebody listening. I'm sure somebody does. I knew it was a real band because I've heard the name, but I didn't know. I don't know them. Yeah. But the singer's name is Blackie Lawless, <laughs> which is a name. That's a name. You chose and that. And when I was looking them up to show you they were a real band, an article that came up was talking about how the, a concert from 2023 was canceled because Blackie Lawless got sick or hurt himself or something. And I was like, they are still alive? Yeah. At and, least he and, is. And playing? The rest of the band might be dead for all we know. He's but. still singing You Will Be Molested. He's just doing it at Trump rallies. <laughs> But he, uh, yeah, he's threatening her with the knife and he, or sword, I guess it would be. Yeah. You call whatever you want, pal. And then he transforms into Mastima, who's uh-huh. Mad Dog and uh, Paul there. Um, oh, at some point, Paul tries to attack him and he shoots him with a laser out of his guitar, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure Wasp didn't do at shows. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I hope so. Uh, but yeah, here's an, and here's another just, Cal, get me out of this. Like, beep, boop, I punched it in, and Cal's like, I suggest a high frequency to evaporate them. Yeah. So, well, so does that work on everybody? Can, can I do that for every challenge? Only metal bands. Only metal bands. Yeah, only hair metal bands. Only wasp. Yes. Because you play a really high-pitched note, and they all turn into laser poofs. I thought that would have happened to a band called, like, Venom. He hates, <laughs> he hates sounds. That's true. Ask Topher Grace. Yeah. Or Tom Hardy. Don't ask Topher Grace. He might answer. Or Stan Lee. No, Stan Lee didn't make up Venom. I think he was done by then. Todd McFarlane. He'll take credit for it, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I totally made up fucking Venom. Of course, Venom was mine. (laughs) Excelsior. Who the fuck's Todd McFarlane? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he evaporates them and goes back, and then he starts talking some more shit to Mistima, and then gets teleported to probably my favorite segment. Okay. It's between this and the last one because of just because of certain effects. So this one is called Stone Canyon Giant. Paul wakes up and there's these two little people who are Phil and Sal Fondacaro, which we recognize one right away from yeah. being like the uh, in Willow. He's one of the great warriors in that village. Yeah, he's in Willow. Uh, they're both in Return of the Jedi, of course. Every little person who acted in the '80s was in Return of the Jedi yeah. as an Ewok. Uh-huh. Um, the brother was in Under the Rainbow, which is a, a really fucking crazy movie that's like a, a supposedly true story, but it's not about like the, <laughs> the munchkins from Wizard of Oz, like basically having this bacchanal like orgy at this hotel. And, I mean, like, I've definitely heard it. this story. Yeah. And there's, there's a whole movie made about it. But yeah, they're both in that. Oh, and this one is directed by David Allen, who didn't really do much directing, but he was a visual effects guy. He did a lot of stop motion. He did the visual effects for Puppet Master, for Dr. Mordred, for Oscar, mm-hmm. with Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. uh, Robot Marissa Jocks. Tome, may I? Robot Jocks. Yeah, this is coming the... up so much in my life recently, we have to watch it. Robot Jocks, also in this Empire of Screams box set. We have to watch it. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um, well, no orange juice. There's never any orange juice. <laughs> I love in that movie, there's the, the guy, Tex, who's like just racist and misogynist the whole time. Uh-huh. And you're like... I guess since the 80s, but then he fucking gets his. So oh, yeah. Good. 
Uh, but he did the stop motion for the ant in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Okay. Uh, Auntie. He did stop motion, or he did stuff in Willow, Dolls, The Stuff. He was he did the the the, the aliens, which were my favorite Willow. part from previous episode, Laser Blast. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a visual. You've named guy. some good things, yeah. and it shows in this because like I I didn't thoroughly enjoy a lot of these scenarios, but this one was fucking great. You can tell right away as soon as it stands up, it's going to be fun. Well, none of these scenarios have any meat to them. No, so it's just about like, well, were the effects cool? Yeah. and a lot of them are just like demon costumes, and like they look cool, but like. Three, at least three of the four are just people in demon costumes. Yeah, at least this is a giant fucking uh, Indian culture statue. Yeah, and so- Cal again out of nowhere gets him out. Just all it says is this is the name of the statue. It is of Indian origin. Uh, I think it was Indonesian. Indonesian, sorry. Yeah. And then that's about it. Homeboy blasts the fucking gem at the top of the head, and yeah. we're out. We're like the the little people basically attack Paul and make him chase him, and then the statue comes to life, and that's yeah. the part I like because the statue is just walking around doing its stop motiony stuff. Yeah, that part I liked, and then it's just Cal gets you out again. Yeah, he blows up the the fucking mind stone that's in his head there, <laughs> and like it kills. It looked like the head exploded, but then the special effects clear and the head's still there, and I was like, well, that's too bad. Yeah, you missed an opportunity there, yeah. pal. And so he gets out of that one, uh, and then Mustima offers Paul his freedom. In exchange for Gwen. And he has been talking shit to this fucking devil the whole time. And he, like he's in it. He's winning. Yeah. Why like why would he take his freedom when he's already about to get that? Yeah, I've already won three of your challenges. Like then he offers him a chest full of gold. Yeah. Paul's having no part of it. Nope. Enough gold to start his own empire, he says. Uh-huh. And then so he tries with women. So we have three sexy ladies. Who and this appear. is great. Because yeah. he actually thinks about it for a little bit. Yeah. And- you know, uh Gwen is like, she goes, Paul. And he looks up, and he's just got this shit-eating grin on his face, and he's like, oh, uh... <laughs> well, but uh, actually, as soon as the girls get summoned, she goes, foul! And we think that she's <laughs> calling, uh, uh, what, what's his... Mastima. Mastima. I don't know why I can't remember it, but he's, she is, like, we think she's saying foul to Mastima, but it sounds more like you're calling a foul in a sporting event. Yeah, exactly. Oh, foul! Oh, you there's see a that? flag on the play! Oh, come on, three blondes? Or two blondes and a brunette in the field? That's too many women on the field. Oh, here comes Mastima with a steel chair. <laughs> foul! <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so he he says, "Oh, hey, that's right, that's right. I have a girlfriend. Uh, no, no, fuck you guys. Yeah, she's watching. She's watching." <laughs> and uh, so then there's going to be some weird sexual favors owed. Like oh, anytime yeah. it's like, "Hey, you want to have sex tonight, baby?" She's like, "No, I'm too tired." He's like, "Turn down a foursome for you, <laughs> an eternal, an foursome eternal foursome with women who wouldn't ever say no." Yeah. So so you know what? We should do it. And also, can you call your friend from work? You get on top tonight. Uh, you work at an aerobics place. There's some fit ladies in there. Oh, he's got a list. He's watched the aerobics <laughs> dancing, and he's like, well, first, I'm going to start with Patty. That's the one. I'm an eyeball. I mean, uh... <laughs> uh, you know, Rhonda, because you work at Rhonda's workout. Oh, you've probably never seen Killer Workout, have you? No. You shouldn't. We might. Um... <laughs> I might make you. You shouldn't see it. I'm going to make you. <laughs> so he gets teleported to the next scenario, which I guess was written by this actor. Oh, okay. That's right. He did say he wrote one. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know which one. Titled Slasher, directed by a guy named Steve Safford, who didn't direct much. The, the one thing I remember recognized was uh, he did four episodes of the show The Cape. Which was not good. Uh, I don't. I don't think I ever saw. It that. was dumb. Okay. Uh, and he also directed a movie I only wrote down because of the title called "Bionic Ever After." Question <laughs> mark. And the cover was like it was like it looked like a um, like a uh, what the fuck are those movies? My 
uh, where the daughter is getting married and the uh, father of the bride. Father of the bride. It looked kind of like a father of the bride cover, except for the background was like a computer thing with like a grid and like laser blast things. But oh, it was man. like a guy in a tux and a girl in a wedding dress and another guy in a tux. There's potential there. I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> uh, somebody obviously dies, but they're able to put their brain in a computer. Ironically, <laughs> ever after. I guess that's the sequel to Tammy and the T-Rex. It's till death do you part, and they didn't technically die. <laughs> so you ain't going nowhere. I mean, it died, but only for like a minute and a half. <laughs> doesn't count. Ooh, loophole. Um, My wife did die. I mean, she came back, but. <laughs> so this one is like an 80s slasher serial killer kind of thing. Uh-huh. He wakes up in an alley, and he finds a dead body under some cardboard, as you did in the 80s. Um, constantly (laughs) and he also finds a newspaper that has a picture of Gwen saying she's the 12th victim and then Richard Mull's voice comes over the loudspeaker telling him that that's actually tomorrow's newspaper and he has one hour to save her life and this is apparently the challenge Uh, he says one hour to save her from this cold sharp blade get my point and this is beautiful because his delivery is (laughs) awesome unlike stay cool stay cool (laughs) So then, of course, Paul gets caught by some cops with a dead body. He gets arrested. They're making fun of his costume. And this one cop with the mustache. What are you, Gumby? By the way, he delivers that line after eating a jelly donut and having jelly smeared all across. Oh, he hates the jelly donut. He's complaining. He's He's like, I asked for any plain donut. You give me this jelly crap? Yeah. But yeah, he asks him, what are you supposed to be, Gumby? And I'm like, it looks nothing like, I don't know if we talked about the color. It's gray with black spandex under it. Yeah. Like it's a it's the ninja outfit Mortal Kombat, but nothing to do with green, nothing to do with Gumby. Yeah, we would have said reptile. If and it the was other, green. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and the other copy means he's like, I wonder where Pokey is. You're both stupid. Yeah. Plus, if he was Gumby, he could escape the back of your cop car by jumping in his magic book. If he was Gumby, you'd be the blockheads. <laughs> Idiots. So he uses the wrist laser to cut through the cuffs because it can. Yep. Well, it picks the lock, I think. Yeah, it calibrates where it needs to go, what it needs to do. And then it unlocks these doors, oh. which it's 1984. I don't think these are power locks. So no. what was it hacking into? Hack the system, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's It was a righteous hack. It is, the, <laughs> it is just like the fucking the MacGuffin of all MacGuffins. Or the, I don't know what you would call this. It's the Mary Sue of plot lines. Yeah, it's his... Deus Ex Machina that happens over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah, it's not one. It's every fucking scene. And he he dives out of the back of this cop car and hides under some boxes. And he's, like, using the computer to find where Gwen is. And it's telling him, like, she's in a vacant lot. An but, abandoned so warehouse. So he says a vacant lot that's 0.7 miles away. And then an abandoned auditorium, like, warehouse that's 1.1 miles away. Her her career, she's an actress, and he starts, like, just thinking out loud, and he's like, abandoned warehouse? Empty lot? Dancer. Got it. Dancer. Which means what? Yeah, what? And then so he plugs that into the bleep lop, and it's like, ah, that's actually this far away. You can make it in five minutes if you take off your clothes and put your short shorts on and run really fast. <laughs> yeah, and he does this Tom Cruise run. like Mission Not in Impossible. short shorts, sadly. I made no. that part up. But he is all out sprinting. Yeah, and that's exactly what it reminded me of was Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise does that like almost Matrix type of run he in He does those that movies. in so many movies. You ever seen Far and Away? No. He's got a terrible Irish accent, and he's running. He shouldn't do an accent. Shannon, tell me you like my heart. Do you like my heart, Shannon? I actually love that movie. Could have just been Colin Farrell. <laughs> Not at this time. <laughs> 
But yeah, so he, Tom Cruise runs to her location. She's trying out for West Side Story. Mm-hmm. So it's the real world, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the building and there's this guy coming out and he's like, there's going to be a murder. Call the cops. And then he shuts the door. And I'm just like, dude, this guy just called the cops on you. There's, yeah, there's no way I don't go, hey, somebody just told me they're going to kill somebody. You might want to send <laughs> uh, a there's unit. There's one girl in this building and we left her alone to change. So she's also naked. And this guy said he's going to kill her. So yeah. Step on it. So the two cops who show up are the two cops that have been looking for him because apparently mm-hmm. they're the only two cops in what I'm assuming is L.A. Yeah. They've got a wide patrol zone. The killer shows up, or the killer's there trying to kill her, and so he shoots the laser into these like ballet mirrors on the wall, and it ricochets off and hits the guy, and then he takes her, and they teleport out right as the slasher guy is about to try to kill them, and the guy just keeps slashing at the air. And then it's a really funny line, because the two cops were just coming in, and the I, one's I like- I dig this. Yeah, the one cop, uh, did you see what I just saw? Nope. Yeah, me neither. Dude, smartest <laughs> play you can make. Like, I'm not writing this up in my report. That's how I get suspended. <laughs> um, so that makes me wonder, did they just solve, like, a real-world serial killer? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, they caught him stabbing the air. But as soon as they go to this cat's apartment, he has, I mean, from wall to wall, headlines of, I'm assuming his murders, but also key words like slash, strike, stab. Yeah, it's just, just like the headline that's everywhere. like slasher on the loose or whatever, uh-huh. but then the words he picks are literally just the words slash, kill, fatal. Like, I think he's building, um, oh man, I like this idea. It's a live-in Mad Lib. <laughs> you just replace things here and there. A handsome serial killer was stabbing a stupid flower vendor. <laughs> The best thing about Mad Libs, though, is that you you filled out the answers before you read it. Uh huh. So he would just be like a stupid serial killer <laughs> slashing a handsome victim. <laughs> like, Damn it, <laughs> son of a bitch! Always she was a handsome woman, though. <laughs> she was a handsome woman. <laughs> so they go back to the magic or the cool realm, cool and realm. she's telling him like. But what if after all this is done, he doesn't let us go? And Richard Mole is like, eh, trust me. Shut up, woman. <laughs> yeah, she's like, there's got to be something more to it or else he just would, you know, zap us right away. Yeah. What is this word, zap? <laughs> <laughs> it's a magical word. Uh, so then we go to... Mad Max? Probably the dumbest segment. No, this is the Cave Beast. Oh, this is the dumbest. I barely remember happens. This is an Atari game where you have to try and bounce... Tank shots off walls, yeah, to shoot another tank. Yeah, that's just so like he, troll he, things doing. This is directed by a guy named Peter Man- Manugian, uh, who also directed another movie from this box set and another movie we will probably cover called Arena. Okay, which I was telling you is the one that's like Star Wars meets Rocky. And I, I thought you meant like like uh, Earth Rocky, <laughs> but no, 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 Balboa. He means yes, yeah. He also directed Demonic Toys, which is a big Charles Band production. Mm-hmm. There ended up being a Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys later, so mm-hmm. that's a thing. Um, yeah, this segment shouldn't exist. There it's... was also, have you ever heard of the movie Doll Man? No. It has a very early Jack, Jackie Earl Haley in it. Uh-uh. Uh, this guy is like an alien detective who's like six inches tall. And comes to Earth and has to like solve this crime. That is and, outlandishly beautiful. And there ended up being a demonic toys versus doll man too. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, but yeah, he gets to this the same desert he's been in for all these segments, and uh, he sees a, a smoky red hole in the ground. Oh and he my. just looks at it and goes, "Yeah, I'm not doing that." Uh-uh. <laughs> nice try, sis. But then he hears Gwen inside, so he's like, "Well, fuck." God damn it. 
So he goes down in there, and yeah, there's some demon that's like running away from him, hiding and throwing like grenades or or like Molotov they cocktails. They are breaking at him. crystals off of like stalactites and stalagmites. Okay, and when they throw it, lasers bounce off of walls. It's the dumbest thing. Yeah, and then he's I've trying to bounce his lasers back to her, or well, ends up being it, a her. It, yeah, <laughs> to it, and the the computer's like, yeah, there's a zero percent chance you're gonna do that. And there ends up being a cave-in, and it crushes the demon, which turns into an angel. And there's this beautiful woman laying there with, like, Halloween costume wings on. Uh Uh-huh. And you can see the wires in them and everything. (laughs) And she's like, oh, you could have won if you simply walked away. Uh Uh-huh. And then he says, I'm sorry, and I think that's why. He's like, I'm sorry. Tell me what to do to help. And she's like, you already already have." have. And she's a banished angel or something yeah. i don't know there's a backstory here that we didn't get and we don't need because we would we might have hit 78 minutes <laughs> and she just disappears and then so he won yep sure. i guess because he felt bad about killing her so uh-huh. <laughs> i don't know he wasn't trying to kill her and this is when we get richard mall's like speech he's sitting in this this big throne chair oh yeah and he's giving a speech about when he was a child a lad. A lad. A lad. And him and some friends caught a cat, and they covered it in tar except for its mouth and eyes, and then they lit it on fire and let it run through a field. It's a brutal story because he's given details about bulging eyes and like the, the innards, guts bursting out, boiling I mean, out of it. And it is, because of it's him and his stature, it's terrifying. Yeah. And then Paul says some ahisma, which I guess is uh, the respect for every living being. Where did you <laughs> learn this word? Yeah, I don't know. And, um, you know, he's like, you th- humans act like you're so good, but your God rains terror on you or whatever. Yeah, the devil's not the red claw. It's fucking people. And then we get to the final segment, which is the reason we're doing this movie in February. These are all movies that are shot at least partially in <laughs> Arizona. I didn't realize how little this was. This is I, less I, than The Postman. I thought that. I was like, man, we are picking some bad shot in Arizona. Yeah, I, I just Not went, necessarily bad, but... I went through a list of movies shot in Arizona, and I saw this one, and I was like, oh, I wanted to do that movie anyway. We should have watched Tin Cup. It <laughs> we has already Kevin, did Kevin Costner. Costner this year. Oh, we're only doing one? Well, for this segment. Ugh. Can't just You're do the it. worst. <laughs> I'm the worst people. <laughs> uh, but this one's called Desert Pursuit. And uh, 48 seconds of it takes place at the uh, airplane graveyard mm-hmm. here in Tucson. The, the, the boneyard, you might know it the as boneyard. if, you're, yes, there you go. That's the if you're here. Where there's a bunch of abandoned, broken down planes. It has a scene in one of the uh, Transformers. Uh, yeah. Well, is that there? Or is that? I thought the one of the Transformers that was in Arizona was at Luke Air Force Base. I could be wrong, but I thought it was in the Boneyard. But okay, I don't know. Uh, I do know that uh, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man have a big scene there. Yes, yeah. But I didn't realize it was just this like forty-eight second part. It's one scene, so fucking quick because it's so of a group of Mad Max <laughs> style soldiers roll up with on a Jawa, him with a Jawa, and he's doing a funny fucking voice too. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot him, I'm gonna shoot him, I'm gonna get him. I, I, I almost guarantee I didn't look. This has got to be one of the dudes that was in the other segment uh-huh. too. Mask on and all that. Yeah, mask. But he's saying some funny shit because like the Jawas speak Jawese. Yeah, I think or, they speak Huttese. Is it Huttese? I think. I I I thought I. Oh, you know what? She just says speaking Jawa. Yeah. Uh, uh, Strangers oh, with Candy. Pelimoto. Yeah. Uh, she, you know what? She is doing a bit more of a Jawa than Hatties. So. I think they can speak Hatties, though, because mm-hmm. that's like the other I mean, if you're on language, fucking right? Tatooine, you're going to know how to speak Hatties. 
Yeah. Unless you're American. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, then you're just fat. <laughs> like Java. <laughs> so they get away. And they, it's, now we have a car chase. And the only thing that's fucking great about this car chase is anytime it shows our hero driving, it is not our hero driving. No. The stunt oh. man looks like Randall Tex Cobb. Yes, exactly like him. He's a big dude with a big mustache. Maybe even like a five o'clock shadow beard. And I mean, I know this again, this is like a lot of the things we see where they're not supposed to be seen in high definition, but I feel like even not in high definition, you could see this. You just don't use this shot. Yeah. You just don't use this shot. Or shoot it from the front, not Mm -hmm. the side where there's no doors on this car. Yeah. But I I do have to mention one of the lines that the little Jawa dude says (laughs) when he's doing the thing. He's like, I'm going to shoot him. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to shoot him. I'm going to shoot him for y'all. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. And this segment I didn't mention was directed by Ted Nicolau. Who directed some some decent stuff and some bad stuff, obviously. Uh, Terror Vision, which is a cool, bad 80s movie. Uh-huh. Uh, the entire series of a series called Subspecies. Uh, the first one is kind of a cool vampire movie. The rest of them get worse and worse. There's five of them. Oh. He also directed Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. Got it. So we have Charles Band, who directed Puppet Dude. Master. Uh, the, the other guy, Steve Safford, I think it was, maybe, who directed Demonic Toys, and then this guy who directed The it's, Crossover. It's like the Illuminati of shitty movies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they have these like futuristic, quote-unquote, dune buggy things. Uh, they're just dune buggies with cardboard slapped on the outside. I, I know we talk about Star Wars a lot, but it looks like doorless mouse droids. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, that's what the van thing they're driving uh-huh. looks like, yeah. So and, Cal uh, tells him, you know, there's something headed at you. It's yeah. your exact tra- trajectory, just coming the opposite direction. <laughs> right before that, though, the chick is trying to shoot Gwen. She's trying to shoot the other guys. Oh, yeah. And she's like, it's the little guy. <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, pops up out of a hatch, and she's, like, laser shooting all these dudes. And I'm pretty sure that the guy that she shot in one of these is the same driver that's driving the car that he's in. That makes sense. The he's, stunt driver. He's the crashed guy. Yeah. So those get blasted, and then... Um, yeah, there's like a car coming the other way, supposedly coming the other way. It doesn't move. Mm-hmm. It's completely still in these shots because they just rammed this one, his car, at this still car. <laughs> it's had arrived for us. It's not moving. <laughs> and it's like a chicken thing. And he screams and they crash into each other. And this is my second favorite section of the movie because this is a huge explosion of it's two cars just bursting the into The only flames. explosion. Yeah. But it's a good The only one. real explosion because there was the, the stone giant's head exploded. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. But those are all like optical effect type of explosion. Yeah, this is the, the practical fire flame explosion. Yeah, no, they blew the fuck out of these two things, which <laughs> is great. Uh, big bada boom. I'm not pro-blowing up vans, by the way. Not typically. <laughs> well, this was, I mean, it was barely a van because it looked like a van, but it only had two seats and there was like nothing in the back. It's kind of how mine is right now. But I mean nothing. Like there was no space. Oh, yeah. It was I like two seats with like a wall up against the back of them and then it's just a bunch of extra weight. Yeah, you could throw an impromptu skank party in my fucking van. <laughs> and you mean like the ska skank. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> I mean not, you not know a what? skank party like the beginning of John Carpenter's vampires. I'm open to anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> John Carpenter's vampires, dude. Wow. <laughs> It starts with a skate party. I know it does. <laughs> I watched it not too long ago, and I'm very upset by it. <laughs> yeah, well, don't watch it again too soon, because uh, don't change that dial. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, then they go back to... So, I'm assuming they lost this one, because they exploded. Yeah. And that's why they go but, back to the cool realm, and... He's ba- Richard Mole's like, well, contest is over. Like you, he doesn't say you lost, but that's what he's implying. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. But you know, we haven't been, been making sense yet. No, so let's so. not start. So he's like, uh, then Paul 
you know, last ditch Hail Mary here. He's like, uh, you call this a contest? A contest is one man versus one man. I'm like, well, no. No, no magic. Basketball no fucking... is a contest. Football yeah. is a contest. <laughs> soccer is a contest. None of those have one man versus one yeah, man. Yeah, orgies are contests. <laughs> uh, Richard Mole tells him, like, you have spirit. He's like, and all you have is your magic. And you're just sad and bored. And it's the same Stop shit. Stop saying that, man. <laughs> and they love the He's number 1,000. picking on me. They love 1,000 a because lot. Richard Mole says, I've seen a thousand plagues and a thousand wars, and I'll be here when you're dust. And then Paul says, and you'll be alone for a thousand more years. And I'll tell you what, dude, you've seen a lot more than a thousand wars. Yeah. If you're, you, if, you mean in the 20th century? Yeah. Or? Like in the last <laughs> thousand days? <laughs> so we get Mastema versus Paul. It's supposed to be no magic. The he battle takes of off, the century. <laughs> he takes off his uh, power glove. They have a little tussle. <laughs> Uh, it's really not a fair match because this is where she says he's a fucking giant and dude. they're trying to shoot it where he doesn't look like when, when Paul is winning they're trying to make it look feasible but I mean there is no world this dude doesn't pick him up and just throw him yeah there's this like chasm in the ground and it's another fiery red hole dude yeah and Richard Mull is on the ground and Paul's on top of him and he's trying to like choke him and push him into the hole but Richard Mull is pushing Paul back and I'm like if he has his arms extended like that, you can't you reach his neck. You would not be able to reach him. His arms are three quarters of the length of he your body. He should have grabbed his wrist and stopped hitting himself. Him. <laughs> he has those nails, those big <laughs> wicked nails. You just poke him in the face with them. <laughs> but he does end up, uh, Mastima tries to use some magic by summoning something out of the pit. And Paul ends up which shoving him into the like, hole. No, it shoots fire. Yeah. So It he does gets... make it start breaking up, which is how he's able to push Mastima into the hole. And then Paul almost falls in. And then the most fucking, uh, uh, what'd you call it? Deus Ex Machina. Deus Ex Machina. All of a sudden, this thing can shoot light particles that this dude can grab onto. Yeah, it makes a magic laser rod. It's very Miss Marvel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Using light to create something solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it Green Lanterns this pole out, and fucking Paul grabs it and pulls himself up. They teleport home. She says, let's get married. I asked Cal, and she said the chances are good or some shit. And this is where her eyes should have been green because yeah, exactly. now it's Cal. Well, because Cal says something about, like, I'm back, and, the, and then Gwen says it's over, and Paul's like, I don't know about that. And then mm -hmm. they just kiss, and the movie ends. And the movie is over. Yeah, like, I feel like they were going to maybe try to set up a two, and then they were like, yeah, it's not And happening. for the eighth time, I said, what? <laughs> what? I don't understand what happened. What did I just watch? Like, it ended, I just and watch? Jack literally looks at me and goes... That's it? That, yeah, I'm <laughs> fucking still thinking that. <laughs> like, there's like, got to be more. This is a case where 77 minutes could have been 90, maybe. Yeah. And we maybe would have gotten some explanation. You could have flirted with 85. <laughs> we'll, I'll do the, a couple little reviews I found on Letterboxd. So we have someone who goes by the name of E. Wright. So I'm like, wait, is this Edgar Wright's Letterboxd account? <laughs> you fucking wish. Uh, it's not because he gave this movie a half a star and you know he wouldn't. Yeah. He would oh he would have given it a star just on practicality. <laughs> and his thing just says, Mole looked like he was having fun, so that's nice. <laughs> that's his whole review. <laughs> uh, another half star one from Clayton H. Uh this is the worst movie I've ever seen. It's absolutely a work of art. <laughs> <laughs> I like the juxtaposition of that. <laughs> and then I had a five star one, and this person doesn't seem entirely intelligent, but, you know, if they listen, I'm sorry. But uh, Someone who goes by Luke Sulwald, so I'm assuming that's just his whole name. Mm -hmm. Hey, you put it on the internet, buddy. Um, this movie fucking rules. It's five stars, with a little heart, by the way. Ooh. Like his favorite movie of all time. 
This movie fucking rules all different directors, and there's no punctuation, so it just runs together. Oh, man. This movie fucking rules all different directors, absolutely killed it. Of course, my man Charles Band coming in, jamming fucking Wasp, kicking ass. That little little sub-film is so fucking badass. I love this movie, 100% fun. It's got a little bit of everything in it. If you're looking for a good time, watch this movie because it fucking kicks ass. I'd watch this movie anytime. It sounds like you will. There was somebody one teach that man, that entire yeah, thing. somebody teach that person punctuation, please. And then one more five star. And this person seems more on online with with me, but not. I didn't give it five stars. Uh, this is the most 1984 movie I've ever seen about a guy who is terminally online or about a fit guy who is terminally online fighting Satan's minions with an Apple watch. <laughs> I mean, he invented an Apple watch, Alexa, Siri, whatever you want to go with. Yeah, exactly. I think I just heard my Alexa I turn think, on. The other. I think that just happened. <laughs> but yeah, so um, we'll do recommendations, Jack. No. <laughs> I, I did not enjoy this movie the way you did. I can find things that I liked about it plenty, but I'm working to. Yeah. So I, I'm going to give it a light recommend. The first time I watched it, I was a little drunk. I was alone. <laughs> and I think it worked better that way instead of with friends. Because this isn't like a drink with friends at a party and watch because you're going to look up and always be like, what? Yeah. Where are we? You're going to think you lost something in the plot. Yeah, because it's 77 minutes. It changes settings every four minutes, and you don't, and it's always a different place, different characters. It's credit where confusing. credit is due, though. 77 minutes was easy. Yeah. And the, so. the U.S. cut's only 73 minutes. So I'm still saying no to it, but if you're being forced to w- watch this by a so called friend who <laughs> has held you hostage on a podcast, <laughs> uh, send help. Then yeah, at least it's seventy-seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I just the second time I didn't enjoy it as much. Um, I was being a little more critical because I'm watching it for this, you know. Uh-huh. But you're now you now you're taking notes. Yeah, I still have to give it a light recommend because it is silly. There's some fun stuff. It just does. This it never comes together. There isn't anything here. Yeah. So it's a very very light recommend. It's got bush. <laughs> like, I when I first watched it, I watched all these movies to, like in a row, not in the same day, but over like three days. And there's five movies in this yeah. box set. And I gave this one three and a half stars, and I'm going to go ahead and check it in again and probably do two and a half. That's a little more appropriate. I think I just was very excited by the the stop motion and the explosion. Uh-huh. I think is pretty much where I was at. <laughs> <laughs> so very, very, very light recommend. Not that it matters because it's hard to find. I think it's on Tubi right now, and that's pretty much the only place you can stream it unless you want to buy the Empire of Screams box set from Arrow Video, mm-hmm. which I do highly recommend. For the other four movies, which are much better than this one. <laughs> they have to be. <laughs> I mean, it does include robot jocks. Oh, it has to be better. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's it for this episode of Kind of Made in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week, we are doing our, I guess we're going with Durka Classic Movies throwback set episode. I didn't realize this movie's from 1972, which is slightly later than I'm trying to aim for. I thought it was a 60s movie. Yeah. But it's called Night of the Lepus. This was shot entirely in Arizona. Woo! In Sal Rita, which is south of Tucson, at a farm down there. Oh, um, where do they got that farm? Uh, not pig shit. Is it rabbit shit? I got a cousin for that. Maybe he'll come on a podcast. Oh, man, if you were trying to harvest rabbit shit, this would be the movie, because these are giant man-eating <laughs> rabbits. They're shitting fucking medicine balls. <laughs> So that'll be really fun. Whitney will be back with us for that one. Woo! <laughs> and then we'll be moving on into more non-themed stuff. All oh, this is a very rough It's theme. a loose theme. Yeah. 
We have to thank Evasion for the opening and closing music. Don't forget to check out badmoviesworstpeople.com. You can find links to our merch and our YouTube page. You can send your friends there so they can find the show. Uh, We have some new stuff coming up. Uh, By the time this episode comes out, I think we will have launched our first Patreon episode. Do it. Uh, We're doing a Patreon. Patreon.com slash worstpeople. W-O-R-S-E-P-E-O-P-L-E. I get people a lot of times who say worst people to me with a T, and I'm like, yeah. well, that doesn't make sense. Worst people isn't a thing. I mean, I wouldn't put it past us. Yeah, but just patreon.com slash worst people, $3 a month. You're going to get a bonus episode out of the gate, one per month, uh, a mental health movie, so it'll be something that's something that we watch when we're trying to break up these movies. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of good movies, but still worse people. Yeah, and the, the thing is, I want to go with the mental health thing because they're not all necessarily going to be good, but they're going to be like good, bad. Yeah. And not like the ones that we like on here that are good, bad. The episode we're going to do is The Quick and the Dead or that we have already done. I don't know. <laughs> well, time works. The Quick and the Dead, which has Sharon Stone, Leonardo DiCaprio, Damn. Gene Hackman, directed by Sam Raimi. I think it has uh, Lance Hendrickson Lance as well. Lance Hendrickson, uh, uh, Gerard Butler, maybe? No, no. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Keith David. Russell Crowe, Gerard Butler. Uh, same fucking thing, pal. <laughs> they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm from Australia. <laughs> Australia, oh, maybe Scotland. I didn't go eat your baby. <laughs> Caught your tailor by this flawless accent. <laughs> But we will, have, <laughs> we will have more content coming for that. It won't just be the one episode per month. Well, I think I have another one I want to do that'll be an alternating month thing. But it'll build up. You're only paying $3 a month. It helps support we'll, us. We'll make it worth your while. It helps support the show. Hopefully, it'll help us be able to expand a little bit. So please check that out. Thank you guys for listening. I have been Derek. I'm Jack. Good night. And substitute this reality for your own. I recommend it. <laughs> No, I have emotion. I just bury them deep, like under the bong resin. You cram them into boxes. <laughs> Whiskey. I compartmentalize my emotions, and most of them are hungry, horny, thirsty. I don't sober. think those are emotions. No, I think those are states of being. What am I doing? <laughs> I have emotions. I've been high. I've been <laughs> sober. I'm okay. I'm a little hungry. Kind of horny. Looking for Third Street. <laughs> Calm down. You're on Third Street. And you're having a pizza in your hand. (laughs) If you've thought about recording a podcast before, but like myself, realize you need a lot of different tools and services, well, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and easily distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. You can record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests and feel a sense of zen knowing that Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code WORSTPEOPLE, that's W-O-R-S-E-P-E-O-P-L-E, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.